So wh while they're going, just to let you know, um, I do have to rush out to this wedding. My plan was to preach and finish a few minutes earlier and then shoot out, but my ability to finish early was brought into serious question. <laughs> so welcome Charlotte. She comes to teach again for us today. This may be the first ever time in Genesis history I have done two Sundays, regular Sundays in a row. Aren't you fortunate? So, I started last week a series that we are calling Tributes. And what we are looking at is we are looking back at some of the songs that for a lot of us we grew up singing. They are stories, tributes to God's faithfulness, His mercy, His grace. And what we're doing every week is we're giving you a little bit of a backstory about these hymns. And then what we are doing is looking at the words there. Because they may have been written hundreds of years ago. But there are so many lessons that we can learn from these teachings. So let's pray and then today I'm going to come to the word. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the stories that have been passed down from generation to generation of your love, your faithfulness, your mercy, how you have kept others and how we know you will keep us. And so today, God, we ask that you would just help us to set aside everything else that's on our mind, either that happened last week or is upcoming this week. Clear our thoughts. Help us to focus on you and your word and what you want to say to us today. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's hymn I chose because the backstory is eerily parallel to my own story. In 1850, Louisa Steed was born in England. At the age of 21, she emigrated to the United States, and while she was here, she met a, a gentleman. They got married, and they settled down in New York City. A few years later, they had a child. And one day, they decided that they would come out to Long Island and that they would go to one of the beaches on the North Shore and they were going to spend some time just as a family having a picnic together right there on the beach. While they were on the beach there enjoying the afternoon, enjoying their picnic, all of a sudden they heard cries from the water. And right there in the Long Island Sound, there was a young 12-year-old boy who was obviously in distress and was drowning. And Louisa Steed's husband jumped up, rushed into the water to try and save this young boy. But unfortunately, as often happens in these situations, the young boy brought him down and they both drowned. Louisa Steed then found herself single, a widow, a single parent, and a sole breadwinner. In an era, it was very hard for women to be sole breadwinners. And what happened and what followed was a number of years of hardship. Not enough money to buy food. Not enough money to buy rent. Not knowing from day to day how they were going to survive her and her child. One day when things were particularly bad, she heard a knock at the door and she went to answer. There was no one there. But right there on the doorstep, there was a parcel. 
She opened up the parcel and inside it she found a whole huge bundle of food and a whole bunch of money. Exactly what she needed to pay her rent. And that afternoon, Louisa Steed sat down and she wrote these words. that when she needed to, that she could trust completely in Jesus. And so her story parallels mine in so many ways, it's kind of freaky. She was born in England, as was I. She moved to the United States when she was 21, as did I. She met a guy and married and settled down in New York, as did I. They had one child, so did I. She lost her husband. Hers died, mine left. But both of us found ourselves in the same situation. Single, sole breadwinners, single parents, in facing a future that we absolutely did not intend that this was going to be our future, and we couldn't imagine how things were going to go and how it was going to work out. And to be honest, I could, if I was as articulate as she was, have written those very words. Jesus, Jesus how I trust him, how I've proved him, or and or. And in the past 17 years that that has been my story, I can say I've trust him, have proved him, or and or. I've seen him work in my life. I've seen him do things in my life that I never expected to happen. But I got to be honest. I still have doubts. There are still times when things happen in my life that I still panic. I've seen God move over and over and over again. And yet when things happen, the first thought of mine is not, wow, God's got this. Being God honest with you today. The first thought of mine is, oh my goodness, how is this going to work out? I'll give you an example. Monday night, Eric and I were blessed. We had the youth group, um, Next Gen Youth, were over at our house um, hanging out for the evening. Can I just say, we are ridiculously blessed here at Genesis. We have the best teens. They are incredible. We were having so much fun. And at about an hour into them getting to my house, my brother, who was still here and was out to dinner with my parents, 
called and said, uh, listen, just to let you know that dad fell, he banged his head, and an ambulance just took him to Mather. Now, I'll be honest with you. My first thought was, I hope he's okay. My second thought was, I have so much to do this week. How on earth is everything going to get done now? Things are slightly different in our family now, so if dad is out of the equation, there's other things that need to get done. I knew my brother was leaving the next day. I knew I, knew I had a sermon that I needed to prepare this week. I knew I had a bunch of appointments and places I had to be. And I, I sat there and I went, how's this all going to get done? What, what, what am I going to do? And the crazy part is, the fact that I am standing here today means that God has seen me through a 100% of the hard times in my life, right? I've proved him or and or and or, but the problem is I still panic when things happen. And my guess is that sitting here today, I hope, I'm not the only one. Trusting in Jesus can be so hard for us to do. So what I want to do today, in this month when we are looking at the old and the familiar, when it comes to hymns and songs that we've sung for a long, long time, I want to look at one of the most old and familiar verses. For those of us who have been Christians for any length of time, there is a very good chance that somewhere in your house, this is either on your wall, on a mug, on a t-shirt, it is somewhere. I want to look at the verse that talks about trust. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. A verse a lot of us could probably recite in our sleep. We've heard it over and over again, but there is a difference between knowing something and actually living this out. In this verse, we see direction for what we need to do, and then we see the promise that God gives us when we do it. When you see a promise of God in the Bible, you will usually see the part that is our part. Something that we are called to do, and then God will move. So you know what? The more I trust, the more he will direct my path. The less I trust, the less he will direct my path. I trust God, he will direct me. First part of that verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart. We struggle with that, but it's crazy if you think about it, because we trust possibly hundreds of things in a day. You all walked in here today, and not one of you thought before you sat down, I wonder if this chair is going to hold up, right? You just sat on it and assumed that that chair was going to hold up. At some point in the past few weeks, possibly, you have put money in a bank, you trust that that money will still be there when you go to take it out of the bank, right? You sit on your couch at night and you watch TV. 
and you trust that the people who built your house knew how to put a ceiling in. We trust so many different things. And don't even get me started about how much trust is involved when you walk onto a plane and you sit in a seat and assume you're going to get where you are hoping that you get to. You're trusting mechanics and pilots and air traffic controllers and all of these people. We just blindly put our trust in them. And the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. The Hebrew word for trust here is batak. I did memorize it, but it, okay, batak. What that word means is it means to cling it means to hold on to. It does not mean to be near to. It does not mean to be in close proximity of. It means when I'm told to trust in the Lord that I cling to God when things are going on in my life. A few years ago, I was blessed enough to um, go on a trip to Hawaii. And um, one of the people who was there in our group suggested that we go ziplining. Now, I'm not going to tell you who it was, but she was just up here singing a second ago. Um, it was her idea. And so they take you up this mountain, and you get to the top, and they put like this halter on you, and they say, stand on this platform. We're going to attach you to this wire. And you are going to go down, and, and it, it, there's a number of these to get back down the mountain. This is it, you, you know, I think there was five or six we had to go on. But you stand on this platform, and you are told, just take one step off. So you take one step off of this platform. Now, the brave folks know that they have this thing hanging here, so they are, they are safe. And then there was me. I took one step off the platform, and I clung to that thing like, uh, uh, uh. but you know what? At that point, I had no choice. I had taken the step off the platform. I'm going down regardless, and you know what? I needed to cling. When you are going through life and the craziness of life and the things that come our way and the bad things that happen and the crises and the drama that comes with living life, here's what I want to encourage you with. Cling to God. Let go of everything else. Your bank account will not help you at that point. Your fancy car, your nice house, your clothes, your shoes even will not help you at that point. Okay? Cling to the Lord at that point. That's what we are called to do. When I'm clinging to God, I let go of my intellect. I let go of my social standings, my relationships, and I rely on him completely. Immerse myself in him, knowing that as I do, he is going to direct my paths. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And here's the root of the trust issue for most of us. Our brain. Right? Our brain. So often we think we know better than God. 
So often we think, well, maybe he hasn't thought this out completely. Or maybe he doesn't know exactly what I am going through. Or maybe, you know what, if we do this and this, and we're trying to play like four-dimensional chess here, because maybe God hasn't got that part. Here's the thing. He knows that, which is why verse 7 of Proverbs 3 says this. Don't trust in your own wisdom. (laughs) It's like he knew, right? So here's the thing. I need to let go of my understanding. I need need to let go of my own wisdom. I need to let go of my own plans, my strategies, the way I think this thing should play out. And I surrender all of that to God. I say, you know what, God? I don't understand how this is going to work out. But you promise that I'm afraid. All I need to do is put my trust in you, and I won't be afraid anymore. God, you promise that all of my needs are going to be met according to your riches in Christ Jesus. And so I'm giving this financial issue that's weighing on me, I'm giving this to you right now. God, you promise that all things work together for good. So that medical report that I don't get right now and I don't understand why I have it and I am freaking out because of it, God, I'm just going to give it to you and I'm going to trust in you. God, you promise that you will never leave me or forsake me. So this crippling loneliness that I feel, God, I'm giving it to you. I don't understand how it works, but I'm going to give that right to you right now. God, you promise that you'll be close to the brokenhearted. And right now, my marriage is hanging on by a thread, God. And I don't know what to do. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to cling to you. I don't understand how it works. I don't know how it will all work. But God, I know that you promised that and you will deliver. God is a God who can't lie. If God says it, it will happen. And all of those Things that I just went through right now, those are promises from the Bible. And today it may be you need to go and just cling to those and hold on to those. God, I don't know what the outcome is going to be in this situation, but I'm going to trust you and I'm going to believe what you have told me. God, I am going to obey what you're saying in every situation. And for most of us, that means we need to have a prayer that goes something like this. Lord, help me to obey you even when I don't understand. God, I'm going to do it. No matter what, I'm going to do it because you said it. I believe it. I know it's going to happen. God, help me to obey you even though it makes no sense to me. God, help me to obey you, even though in my mind I'm working out all the ways that this thing could go horribly wrong. Lord, help me to obey you even when I don't understand. And here's the thing, and this is something I told you guys at the beginning of the summer, I think. Here's how it works. Obedience is my responsibility. The outcome is God's. I do my part. I trust God. I believe God, and God is responsible for the rest. It is above my pay grade at that point, okay? It is above what I am called to do. All I am called to do is 
I am called to obey. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus meets Simon and some of the other men who would become his disciples for the first time. And he finds them on the Sea of Galilee, and they are there, they are cleaning their nets, and they are cleaning their boats after a frustrating couple of days where they have caught zero fish. And at that point, Jesus is attracting huge crowds of people, and they are pressing in on him. So he asks Simon Peter, would you mind if I get in your boat, you can pull away from the edge of the lake a little bit, there's a little bit of a buffer between me and these crowds of people, and I can speak to them from there. And that's what they did. Jesus sat in this boat and he taught these people all day. And then it says this. After a while and after he had done, Jesus said this. He said to Simon, Luke 5, chapter 4, Take the boat into the deep water. If all of you will put your nets into the water, you will catch some fish. Simon Peter, and deservedly so, gets the reputation in the scriptures for being a bit of a hothead. He said some things that got him into trouble throughout the course of the Gospels. But I got to commend him here. I'm guessing that there was a pause between when he actually spoke, though. Maybe he was counting to 10 or something like this, because I'm sure he wanted to say, listen, uh, you know what? I know that you're attract all these people, but I'm a fisherman. You're a Bible preacher, and from what I understand, actually, you're a carpenter, so I kind of know what I am doing. I'm sure he wanted to tell Jesus to stay in his lane, right? I'm sure he really, really did. I'm a fisherman. This is what I do. I know how this works. I've been out here for the past couple of days. I am sweaty. I am dirty. I am smelly. I am frustrated. I don't want to go out and try it again because I know the results will not be different. But actually, Simon says this in verse 5. Simon answered, Master, we worked hard all night trying to catch fish and caught nothing. But you say I should put the nets into the water, so I will. He obeyed. Now, his eyeballs maybe were rolling all the way back to uh, the back of his head, but he obeyed. He did exactly what Jesus told him to do. It made no sense. It went against what he knew in his mind because he was a fisherman and he knew how these things worked. But Jesus said it. He did it. And here's what happens the next verse, by verses 6 and 7. When they had done so, They caught a huge number of fish that their nets began to break. Such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. It made no sense. But what did Simon Peter do? Trusted and obeyed. Trusted and obeyed. Trust and obey. There's another hymn for you. Maybe we'll do this one another week, right? Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. You know what? We got to get to the place where we cling to Jesus. We got to get to the place where we obey. We don't lean on our own understanding. And then we get to, 
in all your ways acknowledge him. What does acknowledge mean? It means to know. In all your ways know him and he'll direct your paths. In the valleys, in the mountaintops, in the good times and the bad times. Because here's the thing, when you know him in the good times, you learn to trust him in the bad times. When you know who he is, when you know what he is capable of, how do you get to know him? About 15 years ago, I met my husband, Eric, for, for the first um, time. And apart from the fact, it was pretty awkward because I'm not good at speaking to people that I don't know. In fact, I was quiet, believe it or not. I'm shocked he hasn't asked for a refund since uh, that day. Um, but here's, here's the thing. In 15 years, I have gotten to know Eric very, very, very well. How have I done that? Talk to him. Listened to him. Watched him. Learned about him. Asked other people about him. I've gotten to know Eric really, really well. Now, we may not be able to see God, but same thing applies. How do I get to know God? It's pretty easy. I spend time with him. Read his word. Speak to him. Listen to him. Want to know how much you should be talking to him? There are some verses in the Bible that sometimes I read and I go, oh, what does that one mean? Let me give you one verse there is absolutely zero ambiguity about. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray continually. Pray continually. Wait, you mean I should be praying? Yes. Yes. Now, prayer does not mean you need to be on your knees with your hands together. I'm just talking about running dialogue, okay? You probably have friends and family where you have a text thread going most of the day with whatever's happening. God wants to be included too. So I'm talking to him, telling him things, asking him things, thanking him for things. But here's the thing. It needs to be a two-way conversation. Sometimes I need to listen too. I need to listen to him. One great way that I can listen to him, spend time in his word. Read his words that are right there. Psalm 119.11. I have thought much about your words and stored them in my heart. Read it. Then read it again. And read it again. One of the things I love about the YouVersion app, if you don't have it, I'd encourage you, get the Bible app. But one of the things I love on there, it is so easy to um, move between translations. So oftentimes I will read something and I'll be like, mm, not entirely sure. You know what, let me try a different translation. And then it's like, yeah, I get that part. That part's a bit different. Let me try. And I read it and read it and read it. Different translations, different ways. Get to know it. And you know what I'm doing with that? I'm storing that in my heart. Because here's the thing. Those bad times hit. And a lot of times those bad times hit, let's be honest, Middle of the night, devil has a field day. You know what? I know what comes against the devil is God's word. When it is stored in my heart, I got my defenses right there. You say this, but my God says that. You tell me I'm this, but my God says I am that. 
Store his word. Get to know him. Lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him. Get to know him. When I do that, when I trust him, when I lean on him, when I lean not on my own wisdom, when I acknowledge him, when I cling, when I obey, and when I know, the promise then comes to me. And the promise is this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. This life is a journey. This life is a path. And along this path, you know what? There are going to be different forks and different choices that we have to make. When I trust God, when I obey God, when I know God, I'm going to know which fork to take when those come on this journey that I am on. Proverbs 3, 6 in the Living Bible says this, He will direct you and crown your efforts with success. Know what all this means? It means that when I trust God, when I follow his wisdom, not Charlotte's wisdom, when I truly, truly know him, I can't fail because I'm going to be on the right path. He promised. If I fulfill my end of the bargain, if I do the things that he directed me to do, he promised. Now, it may not be the path that I would have chosen on my own. It may not have made sense to me. That's okay. Obedience is my responsibility. The outcome is God's. I do my part, and then I can say, you know what, God? I'm trusting you with the rest. Some of you are here this morning, and right now you're going through some real tough stuff. And you've been trying to get by on your own understanding and on your own wisdom and doing it your way. Here's what I want to encourage you this morning. Cling. Cling. Put everything aside and say, you know what, God, I'm just going to fall into your arms. I am trusting that you are going to take care of this situation. Obey. It may be that the things that you feel God is telling you to do make absolutely zero sense. One day you can chat to Simon Peter about that when you get to heaven, right? It may not make sense, but that's okay. Obedience is my responsibility. The outcome is God's. And no, it may be that in the middle of what you are going through, this is a time where you say, you know what, I'm recommitting. I need to get to know God more. I've settled for a little bit of here and there. I've settled for a relationship that was not 100%. You know what, God? I was getting a lot of my relationship with you from my time here on a Sunday morning, and I realized that's not enough. I need to be in constant communication with you. I need to start to get to know you more. And whatever you are going through this morning, when you do those three things, Here's the promise of God. He's going to direct your paths. 
He's going to direct the way you're going to go. He is going to make sure whatever is facing you, you're not facing it alone, and he will crown your efforts with success. Will we get there right away? Probably not. Let's be honest. Human nature gets in the way way, way too often. My thoughts, my ideas, the way I think things should be done, that gets in the way too, too often. But if we trust, trust is like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it becomes. And it becomes visible. And you can see that God will direct you. I'm so glad I learned to trust him. Precious Savior, Jesus' friend. And I know that he is with me, will be with me to the end. Let's pray. Father God, we are so grateful and we are so thankful that your word is full of so many promises that you've given us. But God, we admit that oftentimes we struggle with our side of the equation. And so God, today we come to you and we ask, God, we ask that you would remind us that there is only one thing we should be clinging to, trusting in when things get tough. That you have been proved over and over again in our lives and you're not done working on our behalf. God, help us when it comes to obedience. So easy for our own understanding to get in the way. God, help us to lean on you, to know that your way, even though we don't understand it, is the way that we should be following. And God, help us to really want to lean in when it comes to our relationship with you. Help us to want to know you more and more and more, to spend time with you, listening, talking, reading, learning. God, we thank you when we do all of these things that you promise that you will direct our paths and that the way that we go will be good. And God, we just thank you for that this morning. Amen. Amen. There is, of course, only one way to end this service. So why don't you stand and join us? We're going to sing the whole of this hymn, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus.